Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand new episode of What the Fuck Are We Talking About? I'm your host, Ron, and I'm joined here, as always, as always, by... As always, by John. John <laughs> Callahan. Surprise. Surprise, surprise. They keep rolling. What is this, 22? 22. This is 22. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. I feel like this is going to be a good episode. I think so. We got... This is a... This particular movie is like... There's a lot of interesting things mm-hmm. that... Uh, that happened like both behind the scenes and then like just in terms of final product and there's a lot of things that arguably worked and there's a lot of things that definitely fucking didn't definitely and it's a didn't. weird mix of things mm-hmm. small successes and huge fa- uh, huge failures you know <laughs> um, I also just want to point out I glanced down at uh, the recording device the phone uh, when we said, what is this, 22? And it actually was the 22nd 20, second. 22nd second. Just saying, that's pretty fucking rad. That is pretty fucking rad. Yeah. Okay. If, you're, if you're listening to this, you would hear the opening credits first, so it would throw that off, but <laughs> the recording of us actually doing the podcast, 22 seconds in, I ask if it's episode 20, 22. Yeah. So. That's an Easter egg. Yeah. That's what and that's called. Within 30 seconds, I dropped the Taylor Surf reference, too, so... We're off to a good start. That's there. pretty. That's pretty excellent. Yeah, I don't know how many of our listeners are Taylor Swift fans, but I personally, I, uh, I kind of, you know, I teeter the line, but I'd say more so I'm a T Swift fan. I wasn't a fan of her until Cats, and then I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, if I wasn't a fan of her before Cats, I definitely was afterwards. I mean, it's probably her greatest piece of work. Probably. You know what's funny though is like saying that and then realizing that actually it's not that far off because she's in such a horrendous bit that it actually kind of like she stood out as being kind of okay. Well, she, her, one of, uh, that song was actually kind of a good one, I thought. You yeah, know, one I of the better it. ones in the. Like movie. I said, it, it reminded me of like the Jessica Rabbit thing, mm-hmm. you know? So it kind of like hit me in the feels a little bit, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, no, I. Uh, yeah, we're, we're off to a good start. I just almost threw my drink off the table. Yeah, I saw I'm off to a good side. Bam! Bam! <laughs> All over the electrical equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it would have been great. It would have been great. That would have been ironic. Oh, fuck, dude. I have a Band-Aid on my finger because I, I bent my nail clean backwards. The, oh. the end of it, the oh, end of visual. my fingernail touched I... the center of my fingernail. How the fuck did that happen? There was a box wedged at work, and I went to lift it, Ooh. and it just shifted, like the cardboard shifted, and when the cardboard shifted, my finger went in a weird direction, Wonderful. and then just blam, and it was like, God, bray, you know? Wonderful. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's miserable. That's I hate that shit. Cringe. Yeah, it's split. I have like a little hook on the end of it that I can use to uh, stab my enemies, or ironically, open boxes. Um... Yeah, so more, yeah, more visuals of the bent back fingernail is exactly what I. You want wanted. more? No, I. Okay, so when it flipped back, <laughs> no, no. you know how like there's convertible cars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, the Lambo doors. Yeah, that's no. a, basically yes. Picture that, but going further. Yeah, yeah, way further, way further. Um, well, fuck, man. Yeah, it's, it was pretty rough. Been, so what else is going on? Hopefully, more positive news. Anything? Something to oh, smile man. about. Something a little less painless. Yeah, I, okay, so, uh, so, let's see, what, 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 have, what have I done this week? Last night, alright, I had a weird week, again, there are days when, like, depression just was like, ah, 
they just get you, just takes you down like a gazelle. Like mm-hmm. you just, you're just like like a gazelle. You're just collapsed, and then depression is this fucking lion just fucking tearing you up. You know. You ever see that slow mo video of the woman at the basketball game, and she's just hanging out courtside, sitting down, and the, the ball just in slow mo. Boom! Boom! <laughs> That's what depression is like. Yeah, you, you don't you're see good, it coming. You know, one second you're enjoying a basketball game out with your friends, everything's great. Next thing you know, you get a basketball to the motherfucking face. Yeah, that's what happened. And then it's like, wow, that was embarrassing and painful, and that just killed my mood. Yeah. The rest of the night. There are times when, like, I look at my life, my situation, and I'm like, dude, what am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? And I'm panicking, you know? And that's, like, the worst feeling, is you're like, I, I, like, this year, holy shit, I'm turning 30. And I'm yeah, like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, what am I doing? What am I supposed to do? And Sorry, it's finally like... Cat is playing ping-pong. That's totally so fine. Just, you know, Kobe. Rest in oh. peace, Kobe, by the way. I thought that was kind of weird. I feel like when people die, everybody forgets the bad things they did. They're just like, yeah. he was a basketball legend mm-hmm. and an unbelievable rapist. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just like, uh, wait a minute. They did the same thing with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. What a... What, he was the king of pop. Yeah. And kid touching. Those two things. Top did, notch. Did you, um, Ari Schaefer, Schaefer, however you pronounce yeah, his last Schaefer. name, yeah. he, he tweeted out something about that, about, about the, the Kobe's. The rape I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. I know he was accused. I don't know anything else about it. So I, you know, I don't want to speak on it, but, yeah. you know, he kind of just reminded everyone that that was a thing and that, you know, that went on and he's getting a lot of heat for it now. Yeah. You know, I just, I guess I'm going to get a lot of heat for it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. All of our all of our follow- I, I, We're gonna lose listeners because I I spoke out about Kobe Bryant's uh, kind of negative history. Yeah. You know what though? I I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't. Yeah. Neither do I. Like I said I don't know too yeah. much about him. It was it was a while ago, and um, I just remember he was accused, but I, I don't know what came of it. I don't know the details of the story. I don't know how he handled it. So yeah. I just don't. You know, I'm not gonna speak on on that. Um, not like giving him a pass, you know, yeah, he's yeah. a basketball player, but just because I'm uninformed and I'm not gonna, you know, I think a lot of people are, you know, excluding, excluding, guy. you know, uh, out, outside of this topic in general, I think a lot of people are quick to just like fucking execute, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I, I like to hear. You're fair and measured. Both sides of stories. I like to be as well informed as possible before I, yeah. you know, I try to reserve judgment. I honestly, like, I, I just remember it happened, mm-hmm. and it just is, like, it's weird that it's not being talked about, so I don't know what the resolution was. Yeah. But I just know that, like, historically, like, that was the thing with the Michael Jackson, you know, when he, yeah, when he mean, died, and it was just, like, all is forgiven, and it's like, wait a minute, hold up. I do know. Wait a second. <laughs> he was into some fucked up shit. Yeah. I never watched a documentary. Was it, um... Oh, was it... Something about Neverland. Uh, yeah, Neverland, something Neverland. Or, I don't know. I, I didn't watch Escaping it, Neverland? Yeah, something Or like Finding Neverland? No. Finding Neverland was a Johnny Depp movie with Harry <laughs> Highmore. That's not it. But I, I heard that was painful to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty bad. I think, I, I, I can't remember who the comic was that said it, but like, you know, you don't have to ask the question, you know, is that dude a pedophile when mm-hmm. he's built a theme park in his backyard, you know, <laughs> you know like, he's like, he is 100%, you know, um, but, um, 
Sorry to completely just like derail that. You, know, oh, you yeah, were in the middle yeah. of saying something, and I, you know. Oh no, no, no. But, you know. Yeah, no, I. Um, where was I? Before oh, because so the Kobe bad. thing came up because of the cat. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about depression. Yes, yes. Depression, depression just like fucking you up randomly. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, so I was yeah, so I'm just I was in a really weird spot earlier in the week because I was like, fuck man, I'm 30. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't I, I don't know what's going to happen and this fucking sucks. What if I'm going to I'm going to die next week and it's all over and I did nothing and all this shit. It's fucking rough. It's a bad place to be in. Mm-hmm. And uh but you know, it's funny. I um you know, friend of the show, Kayla Kennedy, shouting her out again. Name drops. Like, I name think this drops. is. She's like the in our personal lives. She's name dropped the most. So. Yeah, I feel like I talk about. I think I have more contact with her on a regular basis, and yeah. also we are working on things actively. Oh yeah, together. absolutely. I just you know it's just, so it. it she a repeated name that keeps coming up. And yeah, like, she's like a celebrity on the show. She know? is a celebrity for she's sure. In the watch. Um, she's a she's a big, she's a big fan, of the show. Like I said, she's like. How did I not ever talk to John? Um, so, yeah. that should happen. We should all hang out. Seriously. Yeah. Um, I know. We keep saying that, and then it's just... just tough. to make the plans. The next time we have, like, a big gathering or something, I'll get her and Eric over. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, so... She... Basically... Backstory. Kayla Kennedy and I met in Honors English. And I threw honors English in there. I wanted to say honors so that everybody knows how fucking smart I am. You know? Bragging. I'm just bragging. No I big deal. was not in honors English. No big deal. I, I feel a level. It was a lower level. It's okay. But do you know how, like, when you, you know, the school that we went to, it's, mm-hmm. you know, they recommend you move up. You know, I was oh, like, yeah, yeah. recommended to move up, but we have the choice. And, and you were like, fuck you. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I was like, I'm not moving up. Fuck that. I am an underachiever. See, he's like, and I own it. He's like, I was in a lower, uh, I was, I was in a, a lower level English class, but secretly he's the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> he was like, I, uh, I think I'll skip that work. Yeah, you know? I think I'm, I'm fine. Do that. Thank you. Because listen, listen, if I had moved up to, you know, up English classes. I might have been more successful, and I might have been just doing something more of my life, and I wouldn't have time for the podcast. So I That's did it true. for us. That's right. I mean, like, if you had gone up a level in English, you could be, might be jet-setting around the world and yeah. banging supermodels. I could and... be in Dubai right now, chilling, Dubai. drinking mimosas, you know, and I wouldn't be here right now doing this. Right. So, so you locked out, huh? Yeah. Dude, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, more yeah. of the story move up in the English class people if you always have a choice move up always no I'm just kidding reach I your have, full potential I have no complaints no could be far I could be far worse off right now and I that's doing this. you know that's what I have to remind myself all the time when I get kind of funky is I'm like I have a, one of my that guy I talk about McCallie at my my other job like he uh, he always says that he's like dude when I was your age I was in fucking rehab I was on my last leg mm-hmm. you, you're, you're alright you're okay you yeah. know it sucks right now <laughs> you're okay um, but yeah so anyways Kayla Kennedy and I met on a field trip um, to a college I can't remember which one she said it a while ago and I can't come up with it but we met on a field trip to a college when we were in school <laughs> and we became Friendly, but I wouldn't say friends necessarily. And then 
in college, uh, I went through a breakup, and out of the breakup, I wrote this script for this movie. It was pretty low-key. And basically, uh, I had people lined up to play the different parts, and then all of a sudden, like, just days away, um, the person that was going to play my, like, wife in the story was like, I can't, sorry, sorry. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Mm-hmm. But I knew that Kennedy does acting and stuff. So I contacted her. I was like, hey, I know we don't know each other super well, um, but I have this script that I wrote. I want to make a movie, and I think it'll be really cool and, and fun and everything. Can I send it to you and just tell me if you are interested? You know, you could help me out. So she was like, yeah, sure. So I sent it to her, and um, she got back to me, and she was like, I, yes, I really want to do this. Yes. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, and she was like, it was like such a, it was a really nice feeling because it was like, I just got somebody interested in doing this on the strength of what I wrote. Yes. And I felt really accomplished because of that. So it was like April vacation, like spring break from college. And over the course of that spring break, we shot, I think almost the entire script. It was like just, just bam, 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 bam. We put mm-hmm. the whole thing together. And then, <laughs> uh, right toward the end, one of the people we were working with, uh, one of the main actors, uh, who had already been in a bunch of scenes that we would have had to reshoot and we didn't have time to do this, um, was like, I don't know. And he, like, stopped communicating with us and just didn't want to be a part of it anymore. So we, we were, like, three scenes away from completion, plus that we lost one of the locations, and it was just like, fuck, that we were missing things. Major roadblocks there, man. Yeah. So I have this footage that's on a computer. Well, then the computer fucking died, and it took everything. Oh, Gone. Man. Yeah. And it was just such a fucking blow, and, and it's been, like, really, really sad and everything. For It's always bothered me because it's like, man, we worked so hard on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but recently I, I found, um, I found that I had backed up some of the footage on one of my old PlayStations. Yeah. So I had quite a bit of it, not all of it. Um, and I told her, and she was like, oh my god, I want to watch, you know? So... I went over to her house last night, and we sat down, and we, we were watching the scenes. They're all out of order, um, very rough and everything. But it was funny. We were both, like, super embarrassed to start <laughs> watching it because we were like, what if we fuck this up? What if this is horrible, right? But we started watching it, and, like, immediately we were like, oh. Like, we were making some decisions here. Like, there were, like, there's actual, like... The acting's pretty good. The story is pretty good. And, like, the worst parts about it are the things that... Like, when I, I was telling her last night, it was like, most short films, right? It's, it's like a bunch of people that are together making a movie, right? And they are technically proficient. They're pretty good with, like, lighting, audio, all that stuff, right? But what's the thing that always stands out in short films, independent films? It's always the acting is a little bit low. And the writing is a little bit weird. And we had the opposite problem. Yeah. And that... So coming out of being depressed, watching that footage and realizing that the things that most people have trouble with, we succeeded with. fucking nailed. And that it's just the technical shit that we got to do to skill up. I'm 
I, I was like watching what we had done and I was like, why the fuck did I stop making movies? Like it was just, it was just like all of a sudden I, I just stopped and it's like, I gotta get back to that, you know? And luckily, you know, I sent you that script that you read and everything and like that thing is taking shape um, and we're gonna be moving into doing that soon. Hopefully by the spring we're gonna be shooting. Um, and it's like, I think I was, I felt really down on myself in the beginning of the week and now I kind of have like flipped it because I'm like, no, 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 I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Fuck yeah. It just takes time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, now I love movies and I love telling stories and stuff and, you know, I found that and I also, I also, yeah, I also found a, um, a short story that I wrote in college that, uh, I read through and I was like, this is interesting. Like, this is good too. And I'm like, I'm rewriting it and I'm going to submit it to a couple of places and see if I can get it published somewhere. Fuck yes. Um, so I feel, I feel like a lot of doubt and insecurity at the beginning of the week faded away into a feeling of like, I fucking can do this shit. Like, I got it. You know? Yeah, you can. And it's like, you know, like, I think last week you were saying, like, when I'm talking about movies and stuff, it's like, I, I can throw out ideas that you're like, that's better. I would have preferred this to that, you know? 100%. So. Multiple occasions. I think that I, I think I can, I think I can do this. Okay. I'm going to become a, I'm going to become a director. That's what I'm going to do. Listen, I've heard a lot of your ideas, all right? A lot of them over the years, so. You're gonna steal my ideas? No, no, because even if I did, I I don't have the capability to like bring it anywhere. So it's um. No, I mean I've I've heard a lot, and I I really like what you've come up with. So Mm. I I'm sure a lot of people will too. Yeah, I can be pretty pretty harsh on films and stories. Yeah. You know, like when I fucking hate something, man, I fucking hate it. So it's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've noticed that about <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> like something like fuck that movie. Like let's just say it'll be better than scary stories told in the dark. Yes. You know, bullshit yes. like that, and it's definitely gonna be better than cats. So if something like cats can make it to the theaters, there's no reason why whatever you come up with can't make it there as well. Right. That's what I'm saying. I I, I can fucking do this. I gotta believe in myself a little bit more. Now I got a camera. I got lighting equipment. You know, I'm gonna get the 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 last pieces of the puzzle. We have somebody lined up to play Bryce in the story. We don't have a baklava man, but it pretty much just requires. Wow. Yeah, I'm not gonna elaborate on that. I was gonna say I'm like you're kind of giving out a lot right now. Yeah, a baker. Yeah. A baker. We don't have a baker. Um, and what else? What else are we missing? That's it. Oh, no, a disheveled man. A disheveled man, right, yeah. at the beginning of the story. Um, so those, there's those, there's the props that, like, some of them actually have to be built. And then, uh, I want to get, like, an actual shooting permit yeah. for whatever town we're going to go to because I... I just want to make sure that we, we like we're compliant and everybody knows what we're doing and hopefully that gives us a little bit of freedom to have a little bit more control over the space instead of being like at the mercy of you know people walking through and like giving the finger to the camera and shit. Yeah. People you know, like I've, to do that. I've 
done a little bit of YouTube acting in my life. And yeah. It's always weird going to public places to film something. Oh. And there's just people all over the place kind of just staring at you. And, yeah. You know. And what are they weird. doing? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's strange. And I'm like, someone's going to call the cops and be like, look at these fucking kids. That's why I want the permit. You know? Because I'm like, I, I just, it's like, I've. I want I want the permit so that I just don't have to think about anything except the task at hand. I don't have to be looking over my shoulder, and I don't have to, like, if somebody shows up and is like, hey, you can't do that here, then it's like, okay, now I have to reshoot everything I already shot, go to a different location. I don't want to do, like, guerrilla filmmaking. I yeah. want to find out what I have to do in order to do this, like, by the books, you know, which hopefully won't be expensive. Guerrilla filmmaking know. sounds badass, though. It does. <laughs> and it is. Yeah. Like, I've done some... <laughs> Uh, just like the term guerrilla filmmaking. <laughs> no, not horrible. gorillas. Yeah. Not gorillas. Like guerrilla warfare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, like, you know, it, we, and I, I've talked to different places, even when I was young, like the, that, that movie that I shot with Kayla, there was one scene that had to take place in a grocery store, so we were negotiating with EY's country store in, I don't know, what, Northeast Wilmington? EY's. Sponsor us. Um, <laughs> so we were talking with them about shooting in their store after hours and stuff, and they were like, yeah, you, sure. Yeah. Yeah, they were into yeah. it. They were okay. Um, in addition to have having very, very delicious marinated meats, they also seem pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I it like was a very... <laughs> I've had, like, their marinated chicken and, and yeah. steak dips and everything, so... EY's is pretty cool, man. I was like, they have nice marinated meats. Yeah, yeah. That's they about do. all I have to add to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, uh, you know, it's just something where it's like, push yourself outside of your comfort zone and like, mm-hmm. uh, see what happens. I feel, I feel really confident about what I, what I've cooked up and it's very manageable. You have a nine page script. That means it's about nine minutes of, of shooting. Well, nine minutes of, of film, like final film. Yeah. It's probably days of shooting, but that's okay. Uh, mm. Just to make sure that you get all the coverage that you need. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I was, it was really like surreal watching myself act and stuff. And also like, I'm pretty critical of myself. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I, I actually, I can act. I can do that for sure. And, uh. I don't know, man. I'm starting to be like, you know, I wasn't the best illustrator ever, but I bet I could. I bet I could be a really good filmmaker. You know, I like illustrating. Yeah. But I'm starting to wonder if it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, you know what, man? I think it's important to really branch out and, and, and feel out things that feel right. You know, you're you're trying and you know doing these things that you you enjoy doing mm-hmm. and things that you're good at. Mm-hmm you're still out there being like, ah, oh, maybe this is the right fit for me. You yeah. Know? Oh, I, I, I feel like people kind of get comfortable in things that they're good at. I'm like, I'm just going to stick with this because mm-hmm. I'm good at it, comfortable, you know. Well, it's like, it's funny, like, I think it would be different if I was, like, able to make money mm-hmm. at illustrating. I'd yeah. be a little bit more hesitant, but it's like, I'm not getting anywhere with it. I mean, I, I, I the art degree let me teach kids art. I have that, mm-hmm. but even that, I'm like, eh, that's not really, I don't feel it. Yeah. You know, I like all the kids and, well, I like most of the kids, but, uh, 
some of these kids, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Chad. That's all I have to say. I really um, hope there's no Chad in your club. There's not. <laughs> <laughs> I chose a name that I don't. I don't think I've heard at that club at all. Yeah. Um, but no, I. Uh, yeah, I just kind of feel like I. Uh, I have nothing to lose, man. I'm mm-hmm. fucking, this is it. If I'm gonna make anything in my life, it's gonna be like. It's gonna be in the next like five years if if anything's gonna happen. <laughs> so I gotta I gotta fucking get working yep. hard. But um I'm not getting any younger. No, dude. It's, it's fucking, fucking 30, scary. Man, we're I'm both gonna be thirty. Staring down the barrel of a of a gun, man. Staring down like, the sh- barrel like down. of a forty five. Forty five. Actually, no, staring down the barrel of a thirty. Thirty. It doesn't sound good. No, no. That's part of what they chose forty-five. It makes a lot. Of, makes way more sense. How's your week, man? It's been a blur. A blur. a blur. Yeah. He's drunk all the time. It's I'm fucking dead. disgusting. Dude, it's bad, man. Alcoholism. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I have consumed alcohol over the week. Not drinking coffee. Not coffee. Yeah, there's um, it's an Irish coffee. It's an Irish coffee. Yeah, yes. There's uh, a lot of more Jameson than coffee. Fucking racist. No. <laughs> I'm an Irish man, I can say that. If you haven't guessed by my Some of my name, best friends are staggering drunks. My orange beard, my curved wiener. No, I'm just kidding. My love for potatoes. He doesn't like let me turn the lights on, so I didn't know. I, I've never seen that it's curved, but I definitely felt it. Yeah. You're like, this is hitting spots that other dicks haven't. <laughs> <laughs> awful we're filthy I'm filthy yeah no I'm just been you know I'm preoccupied with my new job you know it's it's something that just has most of my attention these days so it takes a, it's going until well. you get into you know, it yeah it's growing pains but yeah it is what it is but all things considered it's going well I uh I haven't really watched anything you know I haven't really made it to the movies this <sighs> week I've there's nothing out, man. I've been doing my thing, you know. Yeah. I feel like I kind of hit everything that I was very interested in, and mm-hmm. now it's like just dead air until, until Birds of Prey. Yeah. But next week. I've been keeping up with my overall health pretty well. You know, I've been hitting the gym. I've been consistently meditating. Excellent. I use the the Headspace app. To oh yeah, meditation. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I. I is that is that paid? Uh, pay they have that? free trials, and you, you can do, but. Um, you want to, you know, they have different types of meditations and stuff that you uh, can pay for, and mm-hmm. I ended up paying like an annual fee. Right. So, so you have access. Uh, yes, so I've been using that. That's and, cool. Uh, you know, I, I, it's nice to do a guided meditation, and it, it tracks, you know, how many minutes you've meditated, and it tracks your day streak. So I've currently had a six-day streak, which is my longest in like a long time. I've meditated That's over good. a thousand minutes in That's my lifetime. Awesome. You know, I've yeah. used it before. So it, I, I like seeing stats. Yeah. I think, you know, I think it's good to compare <laughs> what I've been at. So I've been doing, I've been doing well in that aspect. Yeah. Today I had big plans, but I wasn't really feeling too well. So I laid down for a little while so I could be nice and energized for, for the podcast today. And my goal was complete. So yeah. here I am. It's important. Feeling good. Yeah. Ready you to look go, good, man. man. Thank you. I feel like you're, we, uh, you're doing it. We celebrated Haley's birthday. It was Wednesday. And we celebrated our six-year anniversary last night. Nice. So, you know, we, in that aspect, we've, we've gone out and done things. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a good week. Yeah. Well, I got Haley a 
Polaroid camera. Oh, that's cool. I don't really see those very often. Yeah. Back in December, we were at a Christmas party, and someone had one, and we took a picture, and it was pretty cool, and she seemed pretty excited. So instead of asking her, hey, what would you like? You know, this is something that we've been together for a while, so I see that stands out, something she doesn't have already. You were like, ooh! For like a surprise. I know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I got one of those, and she seemed pretty excited about it. It's awesome, man. Man, Very thoughtful gift. It was. Proud of myself. Yeah. For sure. Boyfriend of the year. For sure. Twice For over, because I, I would give that to you, too. What? Boyfriend of the year? Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Love you. Um, two for three. No. He's going to listen to this and be like, three, huh? Third. <laughs> what the? Stay tuned. I'm just kidding. It's Waz. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Chris Legere. <laughs> it's girlfriend of the year, yeah. Chris Legere. <laughs> I can say that because he's not listening to this fucking show. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't care about us, man. I, you know, I support his candle company, Busy Bee Candle Company. Yes, this podcast is brought to you by Busy Bee Candle Company. Where can you find them? Are they Busy Bee Candle Company everywhere? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're on Twitter. They're not on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe they're at busy b. Instagram for sure. They're busy b candle podcast on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their stuff is awesome. Haley uh, bought some of their stuff, the candles and the soaps and stuff. Yeah, it's actually really good. So if anyone is listening, which I know you all are, check them out. Check it out. Busy b candle. They're about our podcast. I care about his company. Busy so. b candle. We should do like an actual ad ad for them. That's what we're gonna can do we that. do that? Can we do custom ads? Of course we can. That's what the like the Ron Beak Three Art oh, dot okay. Redbubble thing is. Yeah. Because it's it's just uh, it's it's just like a separate recording that I did and plugged in. Oh okay. So Anchor lets you have three ads that you get paid for, but you can put more ads in just for funsies. So I'd be like I'd be totally willing to throw that in there. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And then we'll know if he actually listened if he says hey thanks for the shout out on your podcast we won't tell him that we're plugging him here <laughs> that's evil yeah it's like we're just alienating all of our friends yeah well you know what man I need to know well Let's we're alienating me. people we thought were our friends I've only known the kid but like how old am I almost 30 20 years something like that it's fucking crazy because i didn't meet i didn't meet you guys until like what the second year of high school or some shit freshman year i don't think i met you guys in freshman year who who were your teachers freshman year (laughs) did you have you had mcwilliams right freshman year was that freshman year (sighs) i think so williams twice yeah Mm. and i think i met you later well, I had um, junior year, and we definitely met before that. That yeah, was my we definitely time met before him. that. Okay, all right, Williams, maybe I did. Carcane. Ooh. Yeah, you yeah. were that guy. Carcane. Yeah, no. Well, what year did... You always Lost. remember the teachers Lost. that fail you. Lost. 2005, right? Yeah, and not fail like I failed his class. Like, he sucked as a teacher. <laughs> Mr. Carcane, you can go fuck yourself. I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> You fat fuck. That wasn't my intention. What? <laughs> <laughs> Name dropping. 
Okay, maybe it was junior uh, sophomore year because I, I do remember you give me the first and second seasons of Lost to watch, and I give you Prison Break. Yeah, but I don't know if that was like the first year we met. I don't know, man. But I know that I didn't meet you guys until high school, and yes. you know it's always been like, you know, you can mm-hmm. just tell you guys have been friends since you were like yay big, yeah. You know? Which is fucking rare, man. That's rare shit. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. He doesn't listen to our podcast. So. Yeah, I mean, you can't... He's you, not a great dude. No. <laughs> He's a good dude. You can't speak for individual taste. Right. You know? I mean... I'm sorry. I'm done. The, the topic today is not shit on Lodge today. <laughs> He's a, I mean, it's about to be, because I have a lot of bones to pick with him. But, <laughs> uh, you tell him I'll be in touch with him somehow. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right. Do you think anything else, man? I oh, I started playing GTA Five again. I I haven't had a TV. Uh, I took a break from TV and electronics and shit. Like for fuck, it's been almost a year. Would have been it would if I had made it to April, it would have been a year. Mm-hmm. So I'm wow. like two months off. Three months off. Um, I took a break from TV and all of that shit. And uh, when I had to get the footage off of the PlayStation 3 so that we could look at it and stuff, I um, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to bring it back. you know. So I brought it back and um, yeah, plugged in the PlayStation, started noodling around with different things. And then I was like, you know what? I, I want to try. I'm going to go back and play. And... Uh, God damn, Rockstar. They just make such good games. Mm-hmm. They're so, like, enjoyable and involving, and, like, they were... Um, their characters are so well-developed and shit, you know? And uh, I've just been going around and just crashing into everything that I can possibly see. The other night I fell asleep playing the game, and I woke up and I was running over pedestrians. Nice. It was great. <laughs> great in your sleep <laughs> yeah I, so it happened once and then it happened again mm-hmm. and the third time while I'm on the way to a mission and then some hours later I woke up with the controller in my hand and I was like and I looked up and my car was just on the lawn of the observatory up in the hills and the character was standing outside of the car like <laughs> And I was like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what it, what. It, I don't remember getting out of the car. I don't remember driving up the hill. Uh huh. The last thing I remember is being in like the actual downtown area, and you would have to go through this big residential area, and then up a hill into like a like a mountainous range to get to that spot. So I don't know. Sounds like they're. Quite possibly could have been a lot of casualties on the way up there. Yeah, I was, like, joking around about the idea that, like, I could wake up and be, like, at a five-star wanted level. Yeah. And, like, be actively gunfighting. <laughs> be like, wait a minute, what happened? Yeah. What happened? I'd be impressed if you were able to right? survive a five-star rating there. I, they really bring it, man. I, I have. I've done it. In your sleep? Not in my sleep. Yeah, well, it's... Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, even playing, it's tough to survive one. It is tough. There's a couple of like sneaky things where you can cheat it. Yeah, like up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, L1, R2. No, L1, L2, R1, R2. You head to the tunnels, they have no idea where you went. Circle X, square, triangle. I think that's the old cheat codes. That's my cheat. 
Yeah. My cheat isn't a code. My cheat is just get to the subway tunnel. Yep. And they don't know where you they are. They don't know where I am. They're like <laughs> looking around on the street above me. It says he's right here. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. Um, but yeah, it was good shit, man. I've just been playing that nonstop, and that has been contributing to me not getting enough sleep. But at the same time, I'm starting to not get enough sleep. I, I have, uh, I think I have fully decelerated out of my bad habits, and uh, I am 100% on on track now. Good. Out of the last six meals, five of them have been salads. I feel like that's pretty good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just making sure that I don't get bored. You know? Yeah. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit this week. But fine salads would be a really good really good one for me. Mm-hmm. They help. All right. <coughs> I think we're done with the off topic? Yeah. So. All right. We're going to take our little ad break. And we're going to find out what the fuck the topic oh, is today. Yes. It's going to happen. All right. We'll be right back. Do not say this thoughtlessly. Don't forget, we're the bad guys. Suicide Squad, rated PG-13. Experience it in IMAX. Now playing. All right, welcome back, guys. Um, and if you're on YouTube, which we haven't been uploading to, but we will be soon again, um, this is kind of the start of the show. So welcome, if you're watching on YouTube. Yes. Um, Hello. So, John, i got to ask you a question I always have to ask you. What the fuck are we talking about? Today, we are talking about the motherfucking Suicide Squad. Which, yes. if you don't know what the Suicide Squad is, you probably live on the rock, but it's a badass group of DC villains mm-hmm. that have been, correct me if I'm wrong, incarcerated <laughs> and recruited to pull out a neat, almost certain suicide mission. Yes. In exchange for s- being set free, right? Maybe? Yeah, I mean, at least, there's like perks, so it could be years off of... The sentence could be released, could be just better prison accommodations. Mm-hmm. Amanda Waller, who came up with the idea for the task force, uh, she basically finds out what you want, and then she manipulates you to getting what she needs. Um, so why don't we, why don't you tell us who's a part of this Suicide Squad for this movie? Because there's okay. different versions, right? Yeah, because... Just like other comics, you know, yeah. like the Avengers and all that Basically, the conceit of, like, the Suicide Squad is it's a great way to highlight villains that are fucking awful. (laughs) Like, it's D-list villains most of the time. Um, And anybody that's approaching, like, a B or A list, you know, you can usually bet are going to make it out alive. But when, like, if Kite Man winds up on the Suicide Squad, (laughs) Kite Man's going to die. You know? (laughs) So, basically... um, all right, so in this movie, uh, the roster consists of uh, Deadshot, is played by Will Smith. Harley Quinn is played by Margot Robbie. Uh, Captain Boomerang, who is Buck, 
why did I do this? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I set you up for that. <laughs> I didn't have to say that. I, I couldn't name all of them. Jai Courtney. There we go. Um, there's um, Killer Croc is Adewale Akinu Agbeje from Lost. I hope I said that right. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Sounded right to me. Then there's El Diablo. Who, honest to God, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to be able to come up with. Uh, Joel Kinnaman plays Rick Flagg, who leads the group. And uh, Katana is his like right-hand woman in all of this. Clint Eastwood's son is one of the soldiers that goes in there with them. Um, there's a guy called Slipknot that doesn't wear a mask, so <laughs> fuck him. Um, and what else? I think that's pretty much it. That's the crew. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, Amanda Waller, she, she's power hungry, generally speaking, and she is always trying to better her circumstance. Um, so she just has this idea that it's like, I can use these people that are talented they may be evil, but if we can control them, then we might be able to get what we need from them, mm-hmm. and that allows us to, uh, that allows me to kind of move chess pieces around relatively silently, because she plans on, if anything goes wrong, then it's like, we just have, we just like, uh, no, that, that program doesn't exist, what are you talking about? They must have escaped, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, so she kind of has her ass covered. Well, if they, anything goes wrong. They have devices that are what implanted into their head. Yes, that will their explode neck. if they don't. They don't comply. Yes, so she has a pretty foolproof plan there. Yeah, yeah, and I've seen versions of it where like they've put them in characters that are like super D list, but that I love, and then all of a sudden their heads blow up, and I'm like, "Fuck, <laughs> no!" You know, but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I think in this movie. Um, all the people you expect to be safe are safe, mm-hmm. and all the people you expect to be expendable are expendable, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of, uh, I think it's fine for the first movie, you know, yeah. but I also am like, man, like, you gotta put somebody in there that everybody agrees is like, that's a great character, you mm-hmm. know, and then be like, bye, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I always say that, like, if you want to, like, increase the power of a character you have them dismantle a character that you already feel is very powerful yeah you know so like that's like the you know if if you have any doubts about amanda waller then like watch her blow up the head of somebody that's like a badass motherfucker Mm -hmm. you know and you're like oh okay all right she is dangerous you know but um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, so this this movie is uh, it's it's kind of hard to talk about because there's uh, there's so many things going on in it, and there's so many things that are good and so many things that are bad. <clears throat> and I guess I guess let's just go. Let's just like we got our character list. Um, also, Jared Leto is in there as the Joker. Jared Leto, Leto. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's what I think. Um, it's directed by David Ayer, who's the screenwriter of Training Day, um, 
and he's directed a couple of things like Harsh Times and End of Watch and Fury. If you haven't watched Fury, that's excellent. He's a good filmmaker. I like him a lot. And I was very excited uh, to see his take on I enjoyed End of Watch very much. Yeah, chick as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I was enjoying seeing his take on The Suicide Squad. I was, I was very much anticipating it. And when I got it, I was like, hey, it's, uh, well, you know, it's, uh, you know, I picked it, you know, for, for what it was, you know, yeah. and everything. And, and, you know, you could feel like, oh, man, like, I feel like they made a, they made, they missed a little bit, you know. And uh, it was a, it was kind of disappointing for me, you know. It's not his fault, though. There's a lot of shit going on behind the scenes during the production of this movie that's not great. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, they did Batman v Superman, which is the movie right before this, and they expected, it's going to make, look, Superman's made close to a billion before, Batman's made over a billion, put them together, we're going to get two billion dollars, and they cracked like 870 million, Yikes. so quite, quite a bit lower than what they expected, and they also spent production budget the high, the highest I've heard was two hundred and fifty million dollars, mm-hmm. which usually production budget you, you, you multiply by two, and that's the production budget plus advertising. So if you if you do that, you're looking at five hundred million dollars that they spent on Batman v Superman, and they only made eight hundred and forty some odd. Yeah. 870 some odd somewhere in there mm-hmm. so it's a pretty big like oh fuck fuck and there was enough time between Batman v Superman and the release of Suicide Squad for Warner Brothers to be like whoa 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 hold up hold up the thing that you made we gotta change it and then they like set to work and they just were like let's tweak this we're gonna do a bunch of reshoots we're gonna do this you know gonna lighten it up and change the tone and it's weird if you go back and you watch the original trailer for Suicide Squad it looks like a much darker movie mm-hmm. the vibe of it and then uh, it gets progressively more uh, loopy and like humorous in an attempt to appeal to audiences and to their credit it kind of works out because they make I think they made more than Batman v Superman so that worked. Yeah. But Warner Brothers, they, they make the same mistake over and over and over again, which is they try, they go, oh, look, this tone worked. And then they're like, let's put it on this and on that and this. And it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, the tone works when it's true to the characters, right? So, like, putting Superman in a movie that has the vibe of, like, Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, it is a little bit jarring. And you have to be like, you have to be like, no, 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 like, it's Superman, so we're going to go a little bit lighter, you know, and we're going to go a little bit more hopeful than, and I'm not saying that Nolan's Batman movies aren't hopeful, but it's the, it's just you, you need it to be a little bit more uh, on the surface with Superman, you know, and I felt like their reaction to Batman v Superman failing was like okay well I guess audiences don't like dark so we're gonna have to make this one a little bit happier and it's like you have a the team is called the Suicide Squad I was just gonna say that and it's full of villains like one guy they reference like the Slipknot character they reference as a rapist Mm -hmm. in the the movie like that's fucking like holy shit Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so like mixing that in 
I don't know. It, it is weird. It's a very strange, like, the, what they were able to put together by the end of it feels a little bit disjointed in that way, thematically, you know. Um, overall, what, what do you think of the... What do you, what's your feeling about Suicide Squad? Well, I mean, I took it for what it was. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know much about it before going to the movie. You know, I, obviously they have the comics and they have the story already kind of out there in the, in the ether. And, you know, there are a lot of people who are familiar with it, so they were probably more critical on it than I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of just go in, you know, movies like this, I just go in and I just take them as it is. You yeah. know, I thought it was all right. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't know much about the characters mm-hmm. except for the Joker. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, I share the popular opinion of not enjoying Jared Leto's Joker. And it's not anything personal with Jared Leto. I just thought that Joker was just so weird. Yeah. It, it's just, a it bizarre just seemed take. not to fit. You know, I don't know. Very odd. I have weird, like, so he's he's definitely in the column of things that are like I I don't know exactly what they were going for here. Yeah, I have trouble understanding some of the choices. Well, from what I hear, a lot of his scenes were cut out. So maybe if maybe they did film something, being like, "Hey, this is how we got to this point," and I think maybe I would have been a little bit more accepting of it. Maybe, but it just it did it seemed very out of place, very odd, and I just. Leto, Leto said he fucking, he had filmed enough scenes to do, uh, like, his own Joker movie, mm-hmm. you know, that there was that much material, and I'm like, maybe. Yeah. But also, I'm like, I think that you probably were just in character so much on the set that you forgot when you were filming and well, when you weren't. He did a lot of weird shit, huh? Yeah, I know, he's, he's kind of a creep fan. Yeah, well, uh, didn't he, he sent he sent some, like, disgusting things to some of his castmates. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what. I think he gave, he gave Will Smith anal beads, um... He sent a dead pig yes. to them during a table read that he didn't show up for, and bullets, um, used condoms, which it's like, I don't, there, I think when, I think that they were made to look used, I yeah. don't think that they were used. I also think the idea of the Joker sending somebody a used condom doesn't make a lot of sense, nope. because I don't think the the Joker is bagging it. Yeah. Personally, I think the Joker <laughs> yeah. is just like, yeah, well, fucking yes, yeah. I don't care. Oh, you know, hundred percent raw dogging it. Yeah. He doesn't even ask if they're on the pill. Nothing. No, it's he has, like... he has all the diseases anyway, so yeah. it's fine. You know, it's not a big deal. Um, so yeah, just really strange. I think he sent uh, Margot a, a dead rat, or something as well. No, it's a lot of weird fucking shit. Maybe that that's why did. they were like, fuck this dude. I think that I think that he did rub people the wrong way, you know. Uh, we don't want this guy to be our Joker, and then he was really upset when he didn't get the call for Todd Phillips' Joker. Yeah, he's like, I'm not playing the anymore. It's like, oh, I don't think anybody really wanted you to. No. So. And also, like, there's still the backdoor chance that because, like, watching the Birds of Prey trailer, it's like blatantly they're referencing Leto's Joker, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, I, I think that like him getting upset about that is him like just being a prima donna and not understanding like there are two different stories happening this has nothing to do with what you were in yes it's the same character but it's not the same character Mm -hmm. you know it's like a totally different version of this guy so 
you're still relatively safe. <laughs> uh, however, I don't know what they're going to do. I went through... I, I looked at the drawing of him in the in the trailer and for Birds of Prey, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I can actually see, like, in the drawing, his tattoo, the damaged across his forehead. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, oh, wait, are they, like... Uh, did they take it out so that they they're like transitioning into fixing that character design a little bit? I think like some of the others tattoos would probably stay, but the ones that are most outlandish that people didn't like uh, would go, you know, away. Um, but I honestly I don't know if Jared Leto would be if he's coming back. I honestly don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I. <clears throat> I don't hate him as the Joker, and I kind of like, he did things that other actors I think had missed a little bit, which is, uh, I like the idea of the Joker being a little sing-songy and a little dancey. Yeah. You know? And obviously Joaquin Phoenix, like, took the dancing to, like, a whole new level. Um, but there's a way that, like, Leto moves in scenes that I, I do find captivating, and I feel like it is the Joker's body language. Yeah. The problem is that whatever the performance is that he's coming up with, which, you know, I think there's a lot of Jared Leto's Joker that you see reflected in Heath. Like, it seems like it's like, I'm a fan of what Heath did. I'm going to try to do something a little bit like that. Um, but whatever that performance is, it's getting masked by all the bad decisions around the Joker. Yes. You know? Yeah. I don't think, like... I don't... I've, I'm not a fan of Gangster Joker. And I don't think that he cares... I don't like the version of the Joker that cares about money. Because I just don't think that that's what's compelling him. And the idea of him having, like, a... Him, like, going to a nightclub, you know? And Harley dancing. Having a bunch of rings. Gold chains. The idea of somebody like the Joker sitting down for hours on end to get tattoos... That's weird. That's exactly, yeah. That's exactly what I meant earlier. Yeah. You know, when I was talking about, like, personally, it's Jared Leto. You know, I think he did fine for what he was expected to do. But that version of the Joker is just something that... just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. It it does. It feels like a different Joker. Mm -hmm. Like a completely separate Joker. Because it doesn't match up. It matches up with some of the stories. Like, I know, like, Nicholson's Joker was always... He's a vain... He's vain, you know? It starts out in the very beginning of the movie, like, he's, uh, if you watch him, he's, he's always dressed to the nines. He's got, like, this really flamboyant purple suit, even though he's, like, a mobster. And, um, he's always kind of checking himself out in mirrors and stuff, you know? He's vain. And then, during, they're trying to, like, steal stuff from Axis Chemicals, and then Batman shows up in the GCPD, and... During all of this, he tries to shoot Batman. Batman blocks the bullet. The bullet bounces off the wall and then goes, boom, right through Nicholson's face. And it he topples. He falls off the edge of the thing. Batman tries to save him. And then he falls into the chemicals. And then when he comes out, his skin's all bleached white. He has to go get, like, plastic surgery. And the plastic surgeon does the best he can. But he winds up with that, like, wrecked face, a yeah. big smile. And when Nicholson grabs the mirror and like looks at himself he starts laughing 
uncontrollably and then he like smashes the mirror and he like walks out and up the stairs and after that he's gone crazy so it's like the idea is like oh he was he was vain and then when this happened this is what made him lose his mind this is like my fucking face my beautiful beautiful jack nicholson face you know and it's so beautiful it is beautiful I mean, jesus man not a flaw on that man's no, face. no so way. beautiful and that hairline yeah uh, i uh <laughs> shouldn't talk uh, <laughs> Oh no! Oh, that's why I wear a hat. Oh, but no, I. Uh, so like it, it does make sense in that there are versions of the Joker that are much more concerned with appearances, but I don't like that version of the Joker. Mm. I feel like the Joker is the complete opposite of Batman. So it's but but they're the same. They're the same person, just on different ends of the spectrum. You know, so for me, Batman is like I don't care about my wealth. I don't care about uh, settling down, finding someone to be happy with. I don't care about all of these things that make me human. I only care about the mission. Mission is I'm going to eradicate crime. And I feel like the Joker is the same way, only his mission is to prove that there's nothing right or good in the world. You know? It's like... And because of that, everything else is expendable. Which is why, like, Nicholson's Joker had white teeth and everything. And then the next Joker we got, Heath, you know, when he smiles, it's like, that dude has fucking caked on, like, yellow ochre teeth. They're fucking disgusting. Like, you kind of just want to pull out a little bottle of mouthwash and be like, just be like, squeak, 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 yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the version of the Joker. I, I like more, like, towards hobo Joker. You know, yeah. it's just like you can smell that dude from like 20 feet away and you're just like, fuck. You like know? This dude clearly doesn't give a fuck about anything. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's like the split is uh, Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix, Jack Nicholson, Jared Leto. You know, like they're more similar to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Leto's Joker, it just, it's it just, it's too concerned with... Uh, imagery and also just the idea of him like walking around in public is laughable he is a mass murderer and if he showed up at a nightclub i think everybody would leave yeah (laughs) pretty quickly you know i feel like that place would be dead and it just i don't know it's like a fundamental misunderstanding of who that character is as a person and he definitely doesn't blend in you know no uh, he stands out no The one thing I will say is I I had always felt, and it's kind of weird, but like when I look at Marilyn Manson, Mm -hmm. I've always felt like he's my real world analog for kind of the vibe that I would want from the Joker. Like just sickly pale, you know, not white, but just sickly pale and then the lipstick and just that off kilter presence and stuff, you know? And I always felt like that would be a thing. And then when I saw Jared Leto's Joker for the first time, I was like, that's it. Like, sickly pale. He's got the ruby red lips. He even has the grill. Like, I was like, that's interesting. removed his ribs so he could blow himself. He did. Well, that was just something that Jared Leto wanted to do anyways. <laughs> He's very pleased with himself all the time. He goes into the audition and they're like, so uh, what, what, what makes you think you're qualified to play the Joker? And he's like, <clears throat> watch and learn, guys. He's <laughs> cracking his neck. <laughs> and they're like, Jesus Christ. We've seen enough. 
This man's cast. That's him. Yeah, this is That's the guy. Him. He spit it into a condom and then he sent it to Viola <laughs> <Yeah>. Davis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Crazy rumor. I don't, I don't know. Everyone, I, I see, I've taught, I've re- the, someone the in the recent thing? years, I've heard people were like, We've heard that, but where the fuck did it start? Did he? I don't think he actually did that. Did I don't he? think he did that. No, I think people just like to make up weird stories <laughs> yeah. about strange people. I mean, yeah. I don't even think Marilyn Manson is actually that strange. Yeah. He's an unusual. He's he's he is different, but I don't think he's like like Ozzy Osbourne. Didn't he have the thing that he like bit a bat's head off on stage? On stage, yeah. And shit. Mm-hmm. It's like. Manson's never done anything like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the closest he came was he put his balls on some security guard's head, which did he? <laughs> yeah, he got he got in a lot of trouble. He got sued for like sexual harassment. <laughs> Why would he do that? <laughs> he thought it was funny. Was it on stage? Yeah. yeah, it was at a concert, and the security guard was standing at the edge of the thing. And I don't know if the guard had done something to one of the fans or something, oh. but I guess he was like in his traditional garb of like panties and fucking you know yeah, stockings yeah. and shit just, and he just went bloop and he just took them out and he just plopped them down on the dude's head and it was like oh fuck yeah yeah it's not good it's not good uh, don't put your balls on people kids it's like oh no I'm wearing a hat <laughs> what's that smell yeah um, it's greasy yeah I uh gross but no I, I felt like they took him in that direction and then they they went further than they should have mm. i feel like you didn't need the tattoos you know i i even i i'll give a pass to the grill because the grill like all right so he got his teeth knocked out a bunch of times and he got a grill just to like let's just not worry about that anymore um the thing with the grill that's kind of cool and could be neat but they don't utilize enough is like in the right light he could be almost completely in in shadow and he could smile and you would get all the glinting. You would see it. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of fucking cool. I could see where that could go. Yeah. But they don't really do anything with it. Which is like, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Again, when you are directing movies, and you cast someone to be the Joker, you're going to throw a grill on them. Yeah. And I can just picture that iconic scene. Yeah. Saying off in the dark, because you hear something, and then all of a sudden, boop. Yeah. Like, almost like the Pennywise in the sewer drain. Mm-hmm. You might see the eyes, and then yeah. the smile opening up, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, fuck, you know? Um, I did like Leto's tattoo on the back of his hand. The, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. garish, laughing mouth. Because I, I think that that's a great image, you know? Because um, they could be, like, so full of menace behind it. And then this big laughing smile, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're doing with him and I don't know why they did what they did with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he was driving like a like a crazy fucking like purple Lamborghini. Uh, he's had the Joker mobile in the comics, but it, it was from comics that should not be referenced for movies. <laughs> like they're goofy as fuck. Uh-huh. That's like for the 60s television show, you know, give him the Joker mobile, but don't put it in a fucking modern movie, you know. It's just really odd. And I felt like his costuming was interesting it reminded me of the dark knight returns where the joker goes on a late night talk show um dressed in a white tuxedo um so it's like kind of varying from what you would typically see him in and leto's joker sort of reminded me of that especially the silver jacket and the red shirt i kind of like that look um 
the alligator skin purple trench with the the boxing shorts and the the Batman tights and the work boots with chain laces. It's just like I don't know why they're going this far in this direction with him. It's it's too mod podgy, too strange. It was almost like they were trying to um, just show in his wardrobe how like the you know random he is. How there's like no method to his madness. He's just gonna do random shit, but it just doesn't fit. And it would. It's like you do that with Heath's Joker, who is chaos. Yeah. Right. And then you give Jared Leto's Joker, who's a gangster and apparently is running a successful criminal empire. You give him stricter. Yes. Clothing. Right. Because if they're as vain as this character is made out to be, you can be caught dead looking like a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like yeah. a juggalo. <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> it's just a very strange. Uh, and and probably, I think the most disappointing part of the movie. I agree. I do like uh, the scene with Johnny Frost coming to talk to Joker in that like big hotel room, and there's all the spray paint on the walls, and he's talking about like bring the car around, we're gonna go for a ride and everything, and like all of a sudden he like topples back. And he's lying on the floor, and I love that shot of him on the floor, surrounded by all the knives, and all the this, and all the that, Mm -hmm. and this big circular pattern across the room. Because I like the, I like the meticulousness. Again, it's the fact that he's meticulous about everything makes some of the costume choices too absurd, you know. Agreed. Because everything should be really, like, tight, you know, and, and... well thought out and it just isn't um so yeah i I, that's a that's a disappointment um some other disappointments what else do you think as far as disappointments go yeah let's talk about like a lot of bad shit yeah i mean there weren't many for me because i didn't have an expectation going in Mm -hmm. so you know i apologize if this is just very like ah you know i enjoyed it for what it was no it's okay. it wasn't anything crazy you know i uh nothing like stood out to me that was like ah oh, this is awful this mm-hmm. doesn't follow what it should be um I, a lot of these characters i was introduced to in the movie mm-hmm. so that's how i see them yeah i i'll tell you one that i really don't like is the amount of music that's in the movie it seems like every character has an intro song like they're a WWE wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like it. Very cartoonish. They used House of the Rising Sun, which was like awesome. You're starting out on a good foot because uh, that's a great song. I love that song. And then that was like Deadshot scene. And then they transitioned to Harley's scene. And it's like, you don't own me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not just one of your mini toys, you know. So it's like, okay, we got that one. And then it's like, oh, here's Amanda Waller. And it's like, Sympathy for the Devil, the Rolling Stones. And then it's like, every fucking character that they show, they have music. And it's like, nonstop, just jarring cuts between different songs for 20 fucking minutes. And then you think it's over, and then they do it again. And it, it they won't stop. They can't. I don't know how much money they fucking blew on songs yeah. for this movie. But like, that shit does cost money. And I don't, I mm-hmm. just, that was, it was just ugly, you know? There's no themes to it. 
just mm-hmm. seemed like they were throwing in like, hey, you remember this song that you like? Here's 20 seconds of it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> even, even, uh, even when they're like getting dressed up after they've been like pulled out of jail to go, uh, to go, uh, do their mission, they're like getting dressed and they're playing, uh, no. Eminem. What song is that? Why can't I come up with it? Uh, how does it go? I don't remember. Um, do, 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 do. Guess who's back? Without me? Oh. Is that it? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Um, yeah, I don't. They were not. They they. I mean, in the context of the story, I guess they are back to being out of prison. Mm-hmm. But they're not back for us. Yeah. The audience that are hearing the song. <laughs> this is very weird. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't like the music choices in that movie. Um, or I like the music choices. I just don't like how many of them there are. You know? That's a little bit too much of an overload. It just seems like they're like trying to lead you into directions instead of just being like honest about what they made. Yeah. Um, they're trying to trick you into being like, no, you're watching a good movie. See? You're, <laughs> you're listening to the music, and you like the music, right? So it's a good movie. <laughs> you know? And, uh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I feel like they're like like leaning on nostalgia to try to get you invested. It's like I'm just not feeling it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you know. When you're out on a date with somebody, and you're just like, this isn't working out, and they're like, no, no, no. But like we were just like, you know, like, we were you talking mean? about we we both like we both like uh, we both like that song, right? I mean, that was a good song that was on the thing in the restaurant. It's like I I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't want you. (laughs) You know? Fucking leaving. Yeah. And then it's like, no, 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 please, please. I I promise the next next ten minutes is going to really be great. You know? And you keep holding out for it. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, uh... I'm not, like, angry about the movie, but it's just, it's a lot of missed opportunities to do something better. You know? And that always bothers me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, other things was I just felt, in terms of misses, Killer Croc, uh, they just don't, uh, it's another character that they have a fundamental misunderstanding about. So he like goes on his mission and they bring him back and it's like, what do you want? And he's like, a couch and a TV in my cell. And it's like, no, <laughs> no. Not true. What do you think the killer croc would want? He wouldn't. The, like, in my mind... Alright, so there's there's a couple versions of killer croc, but, like, usually the story is he was, like, a, he was a sideshow freak, essentially, because of a medical condition. <laughs> and that medical condition causes him to have these, like, reptilian traits and all this shit. Mm-hmm. Um... So he started out as, like, a sideshow freak, and then he became, like, an actual, like, alligator wrestler, you know? And uh, he did that for a while, and then he transitioned to crime, like, being an outcast. Um, came to Gotham, wanted to take over uh, Gotham City's criminal underworld and all that shit. Um, so there's that version of him, and then there's a version of him where he's more bestial. Usually they 
they, you know, he's a cannibal, you know, is a big part of that character. I take that character and I strip him all the way back to, you know, animal, you know, and I have a backstory as to why this is and, and what it, what it means and how he functions, but to me, Killer Croc is just a big, dumb beast. If you, if you took him and you put a chip in his head and you were like, this is going to blow up if you don't do what I tell you, and then you told him to do something, he would not do it. He would have no idea what you were saying. He wouldn't understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. And he would have had his head blown off like immediately, you know? Um, which isn't great for the story that they're telling, but I don't know that Killer Croc necessarily is, you know? That's, but that's my very extreme take on him. So you think he is more instinctual than... I think, like, the, the, the better straight-down-the-middle version of it is, like, Batman the Animated Series has a great version of Killer Croc, where he's, he's instinctual, he's bestial, but he also is at least smart enough to understand, like, the human language, mm-hmm. kind of understand situations, all of this shit. I like to go, I like to take him, like, way the fuck back, like, to the very base level of what humans can be. Because um, I find it more interesting. I find him almost sympathetic at that point, And I also think that he's... Uh, I think he's scarier. Because you're like, there's nothing... There's no human part mm-hmm. of this guy. You know, there's something wrong. Something very wrong with this person, you know. Um, I just think that every everybody in this movie had, like, this, like, cholo vibe. <laughs> you know, like, everybody in this movie was, like, uh, super over-the-top, like, uh, Los Angeles gang member, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and it is a weird move for Killer Croc. I... I just he's like watching like when they show him watching tv at the end of the movies he's watching like women dancing around in a music video with like a smile on his face and stuff and it's like i don't it just isn't i just don't think that part of him man i just don't think it is even him wearing like a bunch of clothes i was like this is strange because he normally is like rocking a pair of pants sometimes shoes but not even that Mm -hmm. sometimes he's just rocking a pair of pants just for Austerity, you know, just to make sure that like there's no dick flopping around. Yeah, I was like, uh, saying, like so you wanted to see more croc dick because that. that I it. I draw him naked and I use shadow to hide things. Yeah. You know, because I just he I don't think that I he's an animal, like he's just an animal to me. Um, uh, so it was just an odd take, and even the the costume choices, like why why is a guy with all of this, like, rough scales all over him and shit, why does he have, like, a velour hoodie? It seems like you would have to go out of your way to get a velour hoodie that then you wouldn't be able to enjoy because you can't fucking feel it. Yeah, exactly. That's weird. <laughs> I don't understand. That is, and, and, like, some of the choices make me uncomfortable, even. Like, he's getting dressed, and he grabs the the jacket... And they're, like, looking around at everybody getting ready. And then they cut back to Croc. And he's, like, holding his jacket. And he's just, like, lick, lick, lick on the jacket. And I'm, like, for what purpose? Why? Why? I have no explanation. It would have been whatsoever. better if he opened the thing. Ready? I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to do the thing. Ready? Do the thing. He opened the thing, do the thing. And he looks in. And he sees his jacket. 
And they show him he picks it up, and when he picks it up, a mouse got into it in storage. And you see him go like, like that, right? Kind of like startled. And then you cut around everybody else, and then when you cut back to Croc, he's in his jacket, and he's like eating, eating the, mouse. the top part of the mouse. Uh-huh. He's like fucking viscera hanging out of his lips while he like turns and he looks and Harley's like looking at him like Jesus fucking Christ <laughs> you know like that shit that's killer croc licking a jacket I don't fucking understand I don't get it I don't understand um he was another kind of a disappointment mm-hmm. I also didn't like at the end of the movie where he's like he's like you guys are just tourists you know I live in the water and then like he takes off his shirt and sweatshirt his sweatshirt and then instead of just, like, walking into the water like a person, he, like, dropped down on all fours and then did this weird, like, <laughs> into the water. And it was so, like, it's so over the top. Yeah, It's so like all, zany. All or nothing with that. Though. Like, here's a, here's a part where he can be more crocodile than human and just fucking go for it. It's like, well, it doesn't fit. No, it doesn't. Because he's not, he, like, as much as I say, like, he's just an animal. He's mm-hmm. just an animal. It's like, that's how I feel about his mental state. But he's a person. He's a person. And especially in this movie, he's like talking, he understands language, he understands social cues, all this shit. So like, I, I, that was an odd, that was a big misstep for me. I, I did not like their killer croc. Um, Will Smith, he's serviceable as Deadshot. Uh, he's I enjoyed not, him as Deadshot. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have like an expectation of what Deadshot should be like, but I did enjoy his character. A lot of people were like, oh, fuck, they got Will Smith to play Deadshot. Like, I don't know, guys, Will Smith. But it, Deadshot is like, in the world of DC, he's like the world's greatest assassin. And he knows it. He's cocky. Um, he doesn't miss um, all of these different things. And it's like, that's Will Smith. Like, circa like the early 2000s, yeah. that's Will Smith. He's like the biggest actor in the world. He... You know, never misses. You know, all of these fucking things. It's He's like, that makes sense to me. And it also makes sense that, like, you're looking at him in Suicide Squad, understanding that he's been in, like, a couple of shit movies that have failed and stuff. So it's like, yeah, like, now he kind of has that other side of it where it's like, dead shots been captured and put away. So it's like, no, actually, like, he's in a, he's in a good spot for that. Mm-hmm. Dead shots traditionally white, but, like, we need more inclusivity and my policy about inclusivity in movies and stuff is always like as long as the race doesn't interfere with who the character is mm-hmm. then it, there's no reason for it not to be on the table to change yeah um i remember like when they did the ben affleck daredevil movie yep they cast michael clark duncan as the kingpin who's a black man playing a traditionally white character yep who the fuck else would you have wanted to play, play Kingpin back then? Like, Michael Clark Duncan, this big, fucking, towering, bald-headed, yeah. you know, monster of a man. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the Kingpin. He, he walks like him, talks like him, moves like him, and he's a good actor. So why wouldn't you want that? Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I always feel. Is, and there's no reason for him... There's nothing that says, like, he's got to be white. He's got to be white. Yeah. Has to be. No, I agree. You know, when we we casting someone to play a character, you know, you need someone who's gonna, you know, fit the personality who can play the kingpin. You know, these right. characters are unique because of their personality. Yes. 
if you get someone that can capture that, who the fuck cares? Yeah. Man. Everything else doesn't matter. You know, yeah. It's when stuff like that happens. It's the the only time it bothers me is when it's to make a statement. You know. But it's obvious. When it's obvious, like, hey, I'm gonna make a statement. Yeah. You know, because then it feels, it feels disingenuous. Yeah. It feels like affirmative action, where mm-hmm. you're like, I don't think the best person for the job actually got the job. Yeah. I think they just were like, well, we need that shade of person, too, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like that's the same thing with Will Smith's Deadshot, is it's like, that just works for me. And when I say, like, a character, like, I, I've heard people talk about, like, when are we going to get a black Batman? And I'm like, you have to fundamentally change a lot of things about Batman as a character in that sense Mm -hmm. you either have to set the story far enough in the future where it it's just the way that things are in this country and where we are in in our history is there's not a lot of african-american people from old money and and bruce bruce's backstory is always like his parents were very rich and his grandparents were very rich, and his great-grandparents were very rich. Like, they've always been that way. So you would either have to set it in the future, or you would have to be like, no, like, he's he's wealthy, but it's not that far back, you know? Which, you don't have to be married to, but again, like, I don't, I, I don't want to change the comic characters for inclusivity. I, I don't want to change their backstories for inclusivity. But if their backstories don't reference anything about their race, then I don't see a reason not to not to be able to adjust that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when they did the Fantastic Four reboot, Fan4Stick, um, there was a moment where they cast... It was before they had cast Sue Storm, who in the comics, she's iconic. She has bright blue she's in a blue costume she has bright blue eyes and she has this beautiful head of blonde hair right and there was a moment where they cast michael b jordan as the human torch before they had cast her and mm-hmm. and the human torch and sue storm are sisters or are, are, sorry siblings not sisters not sisters <laughs> jesus christ <Yeah. laughs> they're siblings so i remember when that happened i was like no problem with the michael b jordan thing because I don't really think that Johnny... Johnny isn't, like, iconically... He doesn't, he's not... He doesn't have, like, an iconic look to him. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the way that Sue was always drawn that I was like, but if they're brother and sister, now Sue's going to be black, and, and it's just... It was that little tinge. It was the, it, that was a situation where I felt like the, the look of that character mm-hmm. that had existed for so long kind of had to be part of it yeah and i was worried and then what they did was they were like no 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 sue is his adopted sister and uh he and his father are african-american she's caucasian and it was like you can have the best of both worlds and also even more diverse it's like not just uh brother and sister but it's like stepbrother and sister mm-hmm. like getting um you know getting even even smaller you know, group of people, you know. They casted Kate Mara, right? Was she yes. the one? Okay. Yeah, she was, she was Kate. I've never, seen, she was, uh, I've never seen that uh, version of Fantastic Four, so. It's fucking, 
it's it's awful, dude. It's awful, dude. Really bad. (laughs) It's three quarters of a movie that's all like exposition, and Mm -hmm. then instead of doing any rising action, it cuts right to climax in the last fifteen minutes. You're like, I don't understand what happened. (laughs) Um, And that's the thing is like here. Here's the deal with Suicide Squad is I don't think that it's necessarily a. It's flawed. It's deeply, deeply flawed. However, it doesn't do that. I feel like it builds, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, all right, well, here's your characters. All right, here's the situation, right? And like, oh, here's the thing that's going to happen. And then there's rising action. Okay, what, what's, gonna, what's going on? And then we're going into the city. And then we're walking through the city and we're realizing, like, there are, like, fucking demons all over the place. And then it's like, all right, well, what's going to happen to our characters? And they have to keep going and going and going. And, it, like, it builds to a crescendo. Whether or not it's satisfying in where it winds up is another question, but it does have at least... The structure of a story is there. Fan Forstick does not do that, you know, and and, and it's very um. The, the the that's one thing that I can say is a positive about Suicide Squad is I don't I don't feel like the bones of that story are weak, you know. Um. Margot Robbie is uh, Harley, and she's gonna be playing Harley again. And- Birds of Prey Birds of and Prey, the yeah. fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Um, I feel like I really like her in the part, and I think that she's she seems like she's a very nice person. She's a very genuine person, and she she was able to like pull off because Harley wasn't in the comic. She was created for the animated series, and. Uh, because of that, her origins being in a cartoon, it makes it so that, like, she is, um, she was over the top to begin with. And she had this very, very definitive Brooklyn accent, very heavy, it was very cartoony, because that's where she was born. Uh Uh, So when they cast Margot, I had seen her in The Wolf of Wall Street, and I was like, okay, cool. Um... But I also was like, I can't, like, how far can you go with what is traditionally Harley before you start getting silly? And I feel like she just embraced it and she owned it in a way that was shocking. Like, I didn't think that they would be able to go as uh, accurate to her voice as they did. And that was really, that was a big, pleasant surprise for Mm -hmm. me. Other than that, I mean, I think Viola Davis was excellent as Amanda Waller. She she was the one that I wanted. There were three people that were being talked about. It was Viola Davis, Octavia Spencer, who's a great actress, but I don't feel like she's Waller. She seems too kind to me. And then the other one that was like, there were actual negotiations to get Oprah Winfrey to oh, play Amanda Waller. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I guess I understand the real world parallel. Uh-huh. She's somebody with a lot of power and a lot of control. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I get that. But I also just think I would be watching the movie the entire time going, like, that is Oprah Winfrey, yeah. you know? <laughs> that was my exact thoughts. So yeah. You should be watching, like, that's fucking Oprah. Yeah, you it's wouldn't Oprah. be able to escape it. And I feel like Viola Davis is a talented enough actress that she's able to just kind of go... and just disappear where she needs to. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man, she gives those dead eyes every once in a while, and the, the dead eyes that she gives, they're, like, they're distinctly her, but also distinctly Waller, you know? Waller is a, uh, her, 
her her family was murdered uh and after that she was already like a government worker at that point but once that happened i think it shook her mm-hmm. to an extent where it was like okay there are two things that i i'm going to do is one i'm going to protect myself by any means necessary and two there's safety in control so i'm going to keep worming my way through the the underside of the government and i'm going to keep it spreading my influence so that i am secure you know and uh you know when she lost her family she lost quite a bit of her soul you know and and i think viola davis kind of plays that well it's not talked about in the movie but you can feel the the sense of how intimidating she is mm-hmm. and how threatening she is and i like when uh even there's the scene with rick flag saying you know i heard the stories i didn't think that they were true and she's just like they are you know mm-hmm. <laughs> all of them <laughs> they're true yeah and it's like well fuck you yeah, know she's bad huh yeah she's a pretty she's... intense woman I, I i like her character a lot and uh I just feel like that she was the only one that I out of the out of the group, and I like Octavia Spencer too. But when they said Viola Davis was up for it, I was like, "Please, fucking Christ, give it to her!" You know, um, I'm glad that they did. Um, so, I want to. I feel like we kind of covered cast and stuff, but I do want to mm-hmm. like kind of break into a little bit of plot, um, because I have critiques about it and I want to get your opinion about them alright so um let me just reset this hang on one second guys alright so the thing with Suicide Squad is I was watching it being made and I thought there was a lot of potential for it to be something very interesting um and then it came out, and I watched it, and I was like, ooh. Because they went a completely strange direction. Um, I don't know about you, but my feeling watching it was that Enchantress was a very big threat for this small team to be sent to handle. Yeah, I agree. It did seem like a little bit more than just five people, but it didn't... Wasn't that kind of the point, though? I thought I got somewhere along the lines. I, I figured she wanted them dead, and she didn't really care sending them out. So if they were going to die, it was kind of like, hey, part of the plan type thing. I, I think it was she didn't care if they died. Yeah. But also, I guess my thing is is that, okay, in the construct of the story that they told, it doesn't really matter if they die or not. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't make a big, a, a big thing. But here's where like shared universes break down, and and it happens with Marvel too. And nobody wants to talk about it. Okay, but the idea is that if you have a big world-ending threat in one of your stories, why aren't other characters responding to it? So, at this point, um, what Midway City I think is where they're they're in. Um, that's being overrun with these demon things. So the fact that we don't see any of 
the hero characters that we know from Batman v Superman are out in the world responding to this threat that again we're seeing shots of like battleships being sunk on the ocean at one point mm-hmm. and shit like this is a big deal yeah exactly so the fact that nobody's responding to it that's just the suicide squad that's really strange it, pre- it presents some really odd problems i remember going back to nolan's batman movies nolan always said batman's the only hero that exists in that universe there's no other heroes and you're like oh man that really sucks like i just want i want christian bale's batman to be able to meet like the flash or like superman or like it'd be fucking cool you know but it also allows things like bane shows up takes over gotham and Superman doesn't show up and punch him onto the moon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which, exactly. if he existed, that's what would happen. You know? Because there's a massive threat Batman can't handle. And I never liked the version of Batman where he's like, stay out of my city. You know? Mm-hmm. And everybody's just like, okay, we'll stay out of your city. No matter how many people are dying, we won't come and help you. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid. Um, so I always feel like the conceit has to be... That if you're doing a shared universe, you're going to have to have people interacting, you know, with everybody. Especially in big world-ending scenarios. Yeah. Um, when I talk about... Um, when I talk about it happening in Marvel movies, I think... Marvel... There are times where Marvel has to... Uh, they have to speed up timelines or keep things super covert so that other heroes don't get involved. Um, so like the Winter Soldier, everything happens pretty quick in the span of a few days that that whole thing unfolds. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you have Nick Fury get shot and presumably is dead or is dying. And like the only person that's there is the Black Widow. It's like Steve Rogers and the Black Widow. None of the... like. Tony Stark has a pre-existing relationship with Nick that's pretty real. Mm-hmm. The fact that he doesn't show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's, I've never thought of that. It's I mean. really strange shit. Yeah. So I felt like the threat is too big. Because, number one, they're too small to handle it. And number two, it's too big to go unnoticed and undealt with by somebody like Batman. Remember when Superman... And General Zod were duking it out in Metropolis, which is not Batman's home turf. Batman went to Metropolis to try to figure out who he could save and if he could stop it. So that's an instance where, see, it's a shared universe. Mm -hmm. Because characters are responding to it. Yes. You know? It breaks down in Suicide Squad. And it doesn't it doesn't work for me. Yeah, because especially when you have a team that's assembled to respond to these big threats. Yes. You know, outside of the Suicide Squad, you yeah. expect even a mention. Yeah. You know? So, that's really strange. And that leads me to my next point, which is the Joker is put into this movie for, I don't think, any reason. <laughs> Can you? think of any no, reason no he and helps just... harley almost escape uh-huh. and then at the end of the movie he helps her escape 
but that has no bearing on the rest of the movie. So why are we talking about the Joker the entire fucking time? Well, it goes back to none of his character just fitting or making sense. It just it seemed like he was just thrown in there like, hey, we have the Joker in this movie, you know? The Joker. The Joker's a big name. Everybody knows the Joker, you know? Everybody knows, you know, for the most part, Harley Quinn, but everyone else, it's like, you know, unless you're a fan of the comics and... You know, not, there's not a lot of the big names that are going to draw, draw you in. So no. it's like, hey, Suicide Squad and the Joker. And the Joker. And the motherfucking Joker. And it's like, all right, cool, I know Joker. Yeah, I'll go see so, that. So let me tell you a story. Okay? You ready? I am ready. Okay. I don't know if they're ready, but I'm ready. So Amanda Waller is this super controlling extremely manipulative woman that has risen to some power inside the confines of the U.S. government. And people are not really understanding just how unchecked Amanda Waller is and how she has been subtly manipulating events all around her to gain more power, more leverage. She's been spying on people. She's been tapping phones. She's been gathering information. She's going to use this stuff to blackmail anybody she needs to to get the job done. That's who she is. And that's who we're introduced at the beginning of our story. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's who we're introduced to. Now, she, it's not enough. It's not enough power. It's not enough control. She has eyes on other things. She has eyes on things that she can't have access to. Other institutions. Right? Like... If she's working somewhere on home turf, she wouldn't be able to look into anything that the CIA is doing. So what would she do? How would she get that to happen? Does she have to use things that she does have access to? One of the things that she does have access to is Bell Reeve Prison. She was a warden there a long time ago. Okay? And she's remained on good terms with the person that she hired in her stead as she moved on to different positions in her career. Um... And she has a plan, a proposed plan. Basically, it's a secret black book project, and she's calling it Task Force X. Uh, It will later be termed the Suicide Squad, based on how difficult the assignments she sets up for these people are, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Now, she needs to get this passed into law. She needs this to be legal. You know, she needs to be untouchable. Right, So she presents it as such, a black book project, but there's a lot of pushback on it. We're not going to let you use criminals to do what? They're not even sure. They don't know what her end game is. But, unfortunately, she does have some information. And this information is information that would be very incriminating to people that are in charge of saying whether or not she can do this. When push comes to shove, she has no problem bringing this up. She shows them what she has. And this is some bad things, really bad things. Mm -hmm. These are good people that have done some really horrific things. And she leverages that information. All of a sudden, bam, paperwork signed, and she has herself some slaves, the prisoners. Mm -hmm. Um, She knows how to handle them, too. She implants the microchips into their into their heads. She says, this is the deal. You're going to do what I say, when I say, how I say. And that's your life now. Do what I want. I can make your life easier. Don't do what I want. 
I'll fucking kill you. That's it. Mm-hmm. And the prisoners are like, obviously, okay. Like, I am going to follow through. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. I'm going to let this... I, I'm going to have to let this be my life. That's what it is. So... The first mission, she doesn't know what's going to happen. She could wind up with a situation where six people get their heads blown off. That could be what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. She gets a guy, Rick Flagg, similar circumstance. Somebody that maybe they've done some things while they were overseas serving that not good. And that's how she controls him. And she explains the situation. She says, look... This is a trial run. This is a dry run to see if this works. Mm-hmm. Because there are things that I'm after. She has long-term goals. I'm not... She has long-term goals. She's like, there are things that I'm after. And I need this to be a well-oiled machine. I'm giving you prisoners. I want you to turn them into soldiers. That's what we're doing. So, here we go. Trial run. We have these guys that under duress, are now being led by Rick Flagg. Same situation. Look, I have this thing on my arm. You fuck around, I'll blow your head off. You do something to me, you're all going down. All right? And she's watching. The eye in the sky. The voice of God, as he called her in the movie. Right? Okay. So that's the deal. But here's the thing. Okay. So you leverage some bad people. But you're not the only person leveraging people in the world. And there's somebody, somewhere, that knows that Harley Quinn, the Joker's girlfriend, has been released from prison. And that person, maybe they're in deep with some bad people. And maybe, in order to square up some unsettled debts, they go to that bad person. And they say to them, I have something I need to tell you, Joker. Mm -hmm. Your girlfriend's out of prison. She's accessible you can get her back, right? Things between the Joker and Harley have ended kind of poorly. There's a reference to it in the Suicide Squad movie that we got. It says she was an accomplice to the murder of Robin, which is a big comic book plot point. Uh, And in the comics, Harley didn't exist at this time. But the thing about Harley is she's like a sponge. She absorbs the traits of the people around her. So if you put her with... Uh, Batman, she'll become more heroic. You put her with the Joker, she becomes more maniacal. You put her with somebody like Deadshot, maybe she becomes... She becomes... Maybe a little bit colder. Okay? Yeah. There's something in Harley that's unsettled. And it's remained unsettled. That's why she takes on the traits of so many other people. Mm -hmm. She always does this. It's a constant thing with her. She doesn't know who she is. But there's still a seed of good in Harley. And when this happened, when the Joker beat Batman's partner to death with a crowbar, it didn't sit right with her. There was something about it that it was just, it was so cruel. And it wasn't funny. It wasn't a good time. And I don't like what happened. I don't feel good about this. And she's kind of at the point that this movie's taking place, she's detached from him. She's stepped away from him. 
other things have happened. She wound up in prison, but the Joker's always had it in the back of his head. I'm going to get her back mm-hmm. and figure out how I'm going to do this. And while she's in prison, it's kind of risky. It's not as easy as they make it look at the end of the fucking movie and just <laughs> blow the wall open, right? So he's like, I'm waiting for the opportunity. I know where she is. And I'm waiting. And I know that as long as she's in that space, she's immobilized. So I don't have to be wondering where she's going. I just have to know that she's there. But when he hears this information, she's out, and I can tell you what they're doing. I can tell you that they're going to go and they're going to do this mission as a proof of concept thing. And he explains the whole thing to the Joker, and the Joker's like, thank you. And our debt is now officially settled. And he just blows the dude's head off, like, no problem, right? So, uh, anyways, it's like we show the dry run. Everything's like... All right, we're gonna we're breaking into this building. We're just getting some classified materials. Nothing, nothing crazy. Nothing. There's not a lot of guards. It's gonna be easy, easy. But everything's going along fine, right? And then uh, one of our guys say Slipknot, right? He's like. Or you could try to find somebody that would fit this particular task, which is like, let's say they're like safe cracking, right? So anyways, this person is safe cracking, right? And it's like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's good. And then they open the door to the safe. And when they open the door to the safe, all of a sudden they realize it's it's some type of, I think what it would be is they would pull it open and as they pulled it open, they would realize that there was something that they missed. It was a wire that was connected from the bottom of the door. And when they open it, it pulls out. And then, bam, out in front of them, there's, like, a pin of something. Maybe it has, like, an indication, like a ha-ha or something. And then all of a sudden, kablam, the whole fucking room goes. That person's down. They're like, what the fuck is going on? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Joker goons all over the place, like... They're coming to get Harley, uh-huh. right? That's the goal. Now, she is really freaked out because it's like, okay, like, this is not this is not a safe situation for me at all. This guy's fucking crazy. I don't want to know him anymore. I am scared. Um, but also, the rest of the squad is freaked out, too, because they start to realize what's happening. And they're like, if... Because remember the thing in the movie that they did have? It was like, if you guys get too far away from Rick Flag. Those things will detonate. So if they take Harley, her head's going to blow off. Yeah. Right? If they shoot Rick Flagg, he's going to die. Mm-hmm. And then we're all going to die. So there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of things that are like, oh, fuck. Like, a lot of tension is built up right there. Because you're like, anything could happen. And this could all be over like that if it goes wrong. Um, and I think... Setting the stakes lower like that, right? You'd have you'd have that tension, and also there would be camaraderie because you know they don't know each other very well. But like as they grow close in the actual movie, they'd be growing closer over the course of all of this, and the bonds between them would be forming tighter because it's like we are all at the mercy of a madman right now. And, and, you know, 
I don't really care about Rick Flagg, but I also am trying to save his ass to save my ass. Exactly. But then it like maybe it's shifting. Maybe it's becoming like you know maybe we are kind of like a team. Maybe this does feel like something you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that I think that that story allows you to talk about it puts the toxic relationship between Joker and Harley front, you know, front and center. Um, one of the big letdowns about Suicide Squad is everything is painted as kind of romantic mm-hmm. between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like star-crossed lovers or something. And it's like, no, no, no. The Joker's a psychopath. Mm-hmm. He is an insane man. <laughs> and he is not good uh, in any respect. So it puts them immediately into tension because, you know, she doesn't want to go back to, she doesn't necessarily want to go back to Joker, right? Uh, But also the, the other thing is that as she's growing closer to these people that are trying to keep her sheltered from this person this unrelenting, like, I am laser-focused. I know what I want. I'm here to collect it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, as that, as they're keeping her sheltered, she's also growing closer to those people and understanding that if if this goes wrong, they all are going to, they're all going to bite it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that... It, it, you like it, that push away from the Joker is like on two levels. It's both emotional and also, uh, also like pragmatic. It's also like I gotta keep. I want to try to keep these people safe because I do like them. Um, and I think that you could play around with how much the Joker is aware of this because. He could have the whole story. The person told him they have chips in their head. If she gets pulled away, or if she does anything wrong, they're going to blow her head off, you know? And he's like, well, I don't want that because she's useless to me if she's not playable, you know? I, I, need, I need a mind to manipulate. If they blow her head off, that's going to be a problem for mm-hmm. me. Um, and I feel like if he thinks that the sole reason for her trying to escape him is she's afraid that they're going to blow her head off, then it's like you have this tension too where like he could get to a point where maybe he does manage to kind of get her alone. There's like a a jamming device or something, but it's only going to give them like, it's only going to work for a few, you could make a, you can make up some type of thing where it's only going to work for 60 seconds. And he finally is able to get her away from the group. And he's like, I told you I'd come. I told you I'd come for you. And we can be back together again. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and her being like, I, I know, I know that you said that you were going to do that. And I really appreciate all the trouble you went through, but also I don't want to be with you and have, the Joker be like, ah, what? <laughs> and like, you could have all of a sudden the dawning realization that like, all of this trouble, everything that I've been through tonight, everything that you've been through tonight, 
isn't because you didn't realize that I had a plan to get rid of the bomb that's in your head. It's because you don't, you don't want me. Mm-hmm. And then you could, you could tell all of a sudden the Joker would have like something human mixed in there where it's like the feeling of rejection. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you would see like the final act of the movie would be a much more like full on like, okay, you don't want me. I can't have you. Nobody will. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah and exactly. then it would turn into too. like a gigantic battle and kind of like the definitive nail in the coffin between Joker and Harley in terms of her relationship. You could tell how that completely just, poof, you know, fell apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I thought they were doing. When I was watching the trailers, <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure that this is the direction that they should go. Uh-huh. And they just didn't do it. No. And I think that I would, I would rather tell a very human story with the characters that are involved instead of magic and world-ending devices and all of this shit. Just give me a straight, you know, character-driven story and, and tell, tell a story about you know toxic relationships about uh about friendship and about you know really diving into how fucked up the joker and harley are as a concept because it was no it was no it was not hidden on batman the animated series Uh, she was like there's an episode that was originally i think a book that got turned into an episode but she's like trying to get his attention and be like sweet and romantic with him. And he's just focused on how am I going to kill Batman? I'm trying to, he's like looking at blueprints and stuff, trying to plan and stuff. And she's distracting him. And he like winds up like grabbing her and like throwing her off the table. Like he, she's on the blueprints trying to like get him to like acknowledge her. And mm-hmm. he grabs her and throws her off the table. Jeez. And then they show him like dragging her through the warehouse they show the door to the warehouse kick open and he just throws her out onto the curb and slams the door. And it's like, that's... Their relationship is not good. Yeah. At one point, she almost succeeds at killing Batman and his response is to throw her off of... like they, They're on a train or he chases her because she almost succeeds at doing the thing that he's trying to do and he... They wind up on a train, and he winds up throwing her off of the train. It's an elevated train. She falls a very far distance, and she lands. She winds up in the hospital afterwards, like, broken arm, like, wrapped around her head and stuff. And the last moment of the episode is, like, so tragic because she's lying there, and, like, she has a black eye and stuff, and she kind of looks over, and it, like, cracks open a little. And there's a, a vase, and there's one single flower... And it says, like, there's a little tag, and it says, to my love, and Jay. Uh-huh. And when she sees it, she's just like, <sighs> like, he does love me. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, oh, fuck, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that is in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. They're talking about it. <laughs> and I'm like, why can't we talk about it in an adult movie, you know? Yeah. It was mm-hmm. shot to be R-rated. Why can't we talk about actual issues instead of, like, sugarcoating it? Because there were people walking out of that theater being like, relationship goals. I remember that? There was like a meme, 
relationship goals and it's like okay still, so it's not accurate still do it you have people couples dressing up as them for halloween and it's like don't you know how fucked up their relationship really is yeah like if you're gonna do a couple's costume with harley like your boyfriend needs to dress up like poison ivy that's yeah. like that's the healthy respectful yeah. relationship and also it's so hot right uh, <laughs> but like i just uh Looking at what they gave us, it's just such a, it's too big. And I wanted something that was much more personal. There's always this thing between Harley and Deadshot where, like, they actually kind of dig each other too. Mm -hmm. And it's in the movie a little bit, but you could add more to that too, you know? There's a lot of different things. There's a lot of different avenues you could have gone with a structure that was more based on, you know, yes, we're telling you a story about the first mission of the Suicide Squad, but it's really a story about the last time that the Joker and Harley were kind of a thing, yeah. you know, or when the, the last time that the Joker thought they were a thing. Um, and I think that there's a lot of people that would have responded to it really well. Um, so you're saying eliminate Enchantress altogether in that kind of storyline? You don't need it. On yeah some a little smaller yeah i think i would have enjoyed that a bit more and i think too i don't i think you can still tell like amanda waller drops off in my treatment a little bit but if she has done this and then the joker gets involved this is a wild card situation that eliminates the idea of this being covert and if People are like, well, what the fuck is the Joker after? And then they figure it out. They're like, well, how the fuck did Harley wind up here? She's here. There's other criminals with her. And there's at least one guy that's a soldier. So what is happening? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, where was she in prison? And it's like, well, she was in prison in Belle Reve. And it's like, okay, well, what's Belle Reve? And it's like, well, if there's a warden there, this person, that person, all this stuff. And, and it's like, well... You know, what do we know about them? Like, well, he started a few years ago. He was appointed by Amanda Waller. It's like, well, who's Amanda Waller? And then, like, you have, like, something where it's, like, everything that she's worked for gets put at hazard by the Joker doing what he's doing. Uh -huh. And it's it very much is, like, the B-plot of the movie. But you could watch Amanda Waller. Like, there are people that are in her circle that you would say that are her friends, Right. But you could watch Amanda Waller be looking at her situation, looking at the cards that are on the table, and be like, okay, well, that person that I appointed to be the warden, they can't talk to him. So there's something that's going to have to happen. Like, he's going to have to go away. Yeah. You know? Or this person's going to have to go away, and I'm going to use everything, all that information that I've collected, I'm about to use it to create a smokescreen, and then I'm just going to disappear. No one's going to think about me. Mm -hmm. Everybody's just going to say, well, you know, that warden must have been dirty. He left them out, you know? Yeah, yeah, He got, like, she could transfer funds into a bank account. It's like, wait a minute, they they paid him. They paid him and he let them out of prison, you know? So all this shit that could happen where it's like you establish that if Amanda Waller comes back in a future movie, she's a dangerous woman and she she has all the information. It's always something where... um. And I don't, I don't feel like, do you remember in the after, did you, you watch the after credit scene in Suicide Squad? Yeah. With Bruce and her? 
Yeah, I don't remember the conversation, though, on the way it went down. I'm trying to remember if she knew that he was Batman, but that's often a thing that comes up where it's like, yeah, I gather so much information. I know who you are. Mm-hmm. I know what you do. You know? you the that That... You would realize very quickly that the foundation of a lot of characters is... It's all in her hands. She knows all of it. You know? And... I think that telling that story, showing how she uses people, manipulates people, and evades any justice for how backhanded she is, um, I think it, it, you know, you tell a more human story with the Suicide Squad, and you also set her up as a potential big, big, big threat Mm -hmm. later on down the line. It accomplishes two things. Instead, they gave us Enchantress, which I, I doubt she'll ever be back. <laughs> and they didn't even have Enchantress. Like, originally, the, the things that are in Midway City are supposed to be parademons, which are the villains, like the, the minion things from Justice League. That was what it was planned to be. And then they were like, oh, fuck, I don't know if Justice League's going to work because Batman v Superman didn't work. Hang on, let's, let's redirect, let's change the design. They're not, they're not parademons, they're just, they're just regular demons, you know? <laughs> It's just very odd mm-hmm. shit. They even follow the mold because parademons are supposed to be... Basically, Darkseid shows up on a planet and he might have a few parademons. Or he might just have, like, scouts that go out. Like Steppenwolf, who's the villain of Justice League. Steppenwolf would go out and be like, Ah, I captured this person and that person and this person and that person. We'll take them back to Darkseid and we'll use the anti-life equation. The anti-life equation, it, like, uh, it eliminates free will from the universe that's the idea it turns people into mindless drones so literally they go to a planet they collect a couple of people they turn them into parademons and then they send them out to collect more people so it's like every planet he goes to he just generates an army mm-hmm. just easy so the what they did in suicide squad you have soldiers being turned into demons you know like, it, literally, they're still acting like parademons, but they, they're gun-shy about including that. So yeah. if you were using Enchantress to set up Justice League, then, like, that was a failure. You didn't do anything with it. So there's no reason for her to be the villain. There's every reason for Joker to be the villain. Yeah. You know? I agree. After hearing all that, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> you know, I'm not privy to the comics or the storylines, but, you know, after hearing... Your explanation of it. See, this is he did it again. Son of a bitch, he did it again. <laughs> I feel like we were, we were gonna bookend the show because I was like, I brought it up earlier because I knew I was going in this direction. Uh-huh. So yeah. I wanted. I, I have very strong feelings about the way that uh, the way that this stuff plays out. Generally, I can find reasons why they should do it in a different way mm-hmm. and why there are better options available. And uh, this is definitely one of them where it's like, I don't know why Joker was not the main villain. I don't know if they, I don't think that they could have anticipated anything that was going on. I think that part of the reason that Enchantress was the villain was the idea of the shared universe and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But they, they, they took their eyes off the prize. You didn't need to set up the battle in Justice League, which is many tiers above the Suicide Squad in terms of power. <laughs> you didn't need to set up anything for Justice League in the Suicide Squad movie. You just have to set up more Suicide Squad movies in the Suicide Squad movie, you know? Mm-hmm. 
even the end, that end credit scene with Bruce and him being like, you know, before he even has the Justice League, he just has names and files of people that he's going to go track down from her. Mm-hmm. He like, he like has that moment where he's like, shut it down or me and my friends will shut it down for you. And it's like, they're not your friends. Yeah. Like none of these people are your friends. They don't know you. So that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> really, like, it's a cool idea. I love the idea of the Justice League being like Amanda Waller is dangerous mm-hmm. and we have to go after her. Because I think that it would be a fun intellectual battle, yeah. you know? And it, it, and they might not win. They might not win because she just has so much dirt She's on everybody. So good, yeah. the, only per- the only people that I think would be immune is somebody like Wonder Woman because she doesn't have... She doesn't have any ties to the world that Amanda Waller inhabits. And the other person that I would love to see fight Amanda Waller is the Riddler. Because the Riddler is the same type of character. Mm-hmm. An extortionist. Somebody that, that goes and gets information and sits on information. And he uses information and he flips people. And he does what he has to do. That's how I see the Riddler. He has the death trap thing, you know, all of that kind of more like goofy side of things. Mm-hmm. But I think like a modern interpretation of him is somebody that just has, he's just, uh, information is money. You know, it's more valuable. You can get people to do more because of information yeah. than you can for money, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be fun to see those two like square off, you know. Mm-hmm. But I... uh yeah, I think like Suicide Squad is this weird thing where I enjoy parts of it and I hate other parts of it and I get done watching the movie and I just feel like there's a there's another story that could have been told with these components and it's just not done it's not done right, you know. Yeah. But well, hopefully James Gunn takes advantage. Yes. You know, I'm excited for his Suicide Squad. I was a big yeah. fan of his Guardians movies, so... For sure. And I think it fits his his tone, kind of tongue-in-cheek, because mm-hmm. he's bringing in a lot more D-listers this time. I think a lot more people are going to get blowed up. Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is going to be really fun. Um, Will Smith isn't coming back as Deadshot. Yeah, I um, It's too bad. It's okay. No. Um, I did see Jai Courtney... Which we didn't really talk about him in the cast breakdown. Jai Courtney was like way better than I thought he was going to be as Captain Boomerang. Um, I saw Jai Courtney on the set of Suicide Squad, and he's wearing a much more comic accurate uh, Captain Boomerang outfit, which is like this is fucking awesome. Like yeah. I'm really excited. Oh, that looks like um, it's like it's de- it's a mixture. It, it looks like he still has like the Suicide Squad coat, but you can tell that they're like moving towards more comic accuracy, which is neat. Um, so I'm really excited about the Suicide Squad. Obviously, we're doing this podcast because we have um, Birds of Prey mm-hmm. coming out next week, which I, uh, I've heard a lot of good things, but it's a lot of uh, early reactions and uh, people that have been invited to screenings. And generally, when you leave a screening, you want to say nice things so that they invite you to more. <laughs> so it's hard to tell exactly what's going on right yeah, now. Yeah. And whether or not it's going to be good, but I think its heart is in the right place. I think it's telling an interesting story. I like that they're using the black mask, and I like the idea that it's a uh, a girl gang movie versus probably one of the most toxically masculine villains that DC has to offer, because Ro- Roman Sionis is... Uh, 
a big bad scary man mm-hmm. that just wants power and control of everything and I feel like I feel like they're doing things where they're like, well, obviously Harley Quinn is, she's at the stage in this movie that I was talking about they could have done with Suicide Squad, where she is emancipated from the Joker, but immediately runs into another man that's trying to box her in and keep her contained. There's even a line in the trailer where the black mask is like, Quinn belongs to me. And it's like, does she? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm I, I like the they're playing more with that was the that was my takeaway from Suicide Squad is you had the opportunity to tell a story about relationships and men and women with Suicide Squad a little bit more. And I feel like they didn't do it there, but when I watch the Birds of Prey trailer, it seems like that's heavily involved in what they're playing around with. And I, I don't mind I, I, you know, there's a, I've, I've heard complaints already that it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like another propaganda movie, mm-hmm. you know, another feminist propaganda movie. And I'm like, I, but yes, you can say that, like, the Black Mask is a man, but the Black Mask is, like, much more than that. He's a, he's a monster, you know? So having them fight a monster is totally appropriate. And, again, it's that rung down it's more street level you know which is exactly where a character like harley needs to be she doesn't need to fight aliens she doesn't need to fight demons mm-hmm. she needs to fight gangsters you know yeah. so i'm excited for birds of prey Me I, too. Uh, I can't wait to see it i think i got tickets for friday so i'll be able to see it mm-hmm. friday night and then we're we're back next week yeah with more wt fada yeah. um anybody that uh that's out there listening, please, on Instagram, please use the hashtag WTFOTA giveaway one. We have a $25 Amazon gift card, and we are going to send you a, a sticker set with it. Um, you can follow us on a bunch of different social media platforms. Um, just look up WTFOTA. You should find us, I think, even on Twitter, even though we're WTFOTA podcast. I'm pretty sure you punch in WTFOTA. You see our logo. That's where you go. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're set. I feel good. Good, yeah. I feel like I got a lot of things about Suicide Squad off my chest. Because rewatching it got me a little bit. Very much enjoyed listening. It it got me a little bit upset. (laughs) I was watching it and I was like, fuck, man. They they fumbled the fucking pass, man. Uh Could have done so much better. But, um, it's not a fault of David Ayer, though. Like I said, the the, the studio got involved and was like, we got to do this and this and this and this. And it's like. Just leave David Ayer alone. Just let him do his job. Movie, For sure, he's good at. He's a good director. People don't give him enough credit, but mm-hmm. like you said, End of Watch is very good. And like, if if anybody, if you get the chance to sit down and watch Fury, holy fucking shit, what a great movie! I don't think I've seen Fury. It's a, it's a World War Two uh, tank crew. Oh. Okay. Um, and it's Brad Pitt, That's right. That's John right. Bernthal, Shia LaBeouf, and uh, I think Logan Lerman, and. Uh, Man, they're all firing on all cylinders in there. Yeah. It's a really, really great movie. Um, funny, heartfelt, tragic, incredible. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I think that that's going to do it for this week's episode uh, of WT Fada, and uh, we, uh, we are yeah. very uh, thankful that you guys are here yeah. listening to us, and uh, yes. we. 
we'll be back next week and uh, with Birds of Prey. So until then, as always, we love you guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. This episode was once again brought to you by ron-iii-art.redbubble.com. Head over there, check out the WT Fada collection. We got a bunch of different merchandise from the show. And, uh, you know, if you see something you like, pick it up. Helps us out a ton, and uh, we definitely appreciate it. And, uh, hey, send us some, uh, some shots of it. Some shots of your merch, okay? All right. Bye, guys. Thank you.